consciousness aspect of it, like there's been a lot of talk with the five E, the five E or C, whatever it is that the contact. Yes. And I haven't looked at that much in the podcast or as an investigator. So you're the perfect person to talk to um, because the, the, the volume of work that you've done focuses a lot on that. It, it appears that you've, you've really studied this um, consciousness and how does that relate to possibly our visitors? And, and it, it, there's a correlation there and uh, it's good to have you on to, to talk about that. But the first thing I want to know, because I ask everybody that's on the podcast, there's something that got you interested in UFOs or the topic of ufology. What was that initial push? It's hard to to pinpoint one particular moment in time, but there have been a few. Um, one was when I read George Adamski's Inside the Spaceships. Uh, I don't even remember exactly when I read it. Um, but that opened up a universe of of understanding of the the world and and uh, or maybe not understanding but potential of for the for the world for for our for our planet um, i don't know have you read it i have not read it no oh gosh you, yeah, that's you know that's the start that's the starting point for many people who understand the consciousness aspect of of uh, the extraterrestrial visitors um, I I became more seriously interested when I was a backpacker and traveling overland to India from Amsterdam and, and Nepal. And, you know, you come by all these secondhand bookshops where the, pre, the, the old hippies uh, traded their books. And uh, I picked up um, uh, my first copy of a book by Eric von Däniken, the uh, Swiss uh, researcher and writer, um, uh, Chariots of the Gods. Uh, right. First yeah. one, yeah. Uh, and I thought that was very interesting. Uh, and at one point, I, I was was traveling around with a pile of six of his books in my backpack. Uh, <laughs> they were pocket editions, fortunately. Uh, but uh, th- I thought they were fascinating. That was when I was around 20. And it was around the same time, I also started studying what is known as the Ageless Wisdom teaching. This is a body of spiritual philosophy, you could say, um, that uh, was first established or re-established, I should say, in the work of Madame Blavatsky, Helena Blavatsky, The Secret Doctrine, Isis Unveiled, in the late uh, 19th century. Um, and I'd been studying that, and I'd come across books by Alice Ann Bailey, who, whose work elaborates on, on the books by Blavatsky. So I was very much in in that wisdom philosophy, wisdom tradition. And then at some point, and it was much later in in the 2000s, maybe 2005, 2006, I came across what was then thought to be George Adamski's very first book, Wisdom of the Masters of the Far East. Wisdom of the Masters of the Far East. The Ages of Wisdom teaching is given to the world through um, people like Blavatsky and Bailey, Benjamin Cram and others um, from the masters of wisdom, the, the people who have, or people, the individuals, I should say, who have invo- evolved uh, beyond the human, strictly human state of consciousness and, and life. And they have been living uh, uh, secluded 
for thousands and thousands of years to leave humanity to its own devices, to find our way to the point where we are now. And the masters as a group, are, I know this is a lot, but as a group, they are now ready to re-enter the world. So that's why they've been giving this whole this whole body, huge body of, of teachings since the late uh, 19th century. And then I come across this booklet by George Adamski, Wisdom of the Masters of the Far East, written, published in 1936. And when you read it, it's a very small booklet. When you read it, it's really a very concise summary of the teachings that, you know, I have rows and rows of books of the teachings on in my bookshelves. I can't show them here, but in my other room. Um, and it's a very concise summary of those teachings. So that blew my mind, more or less. And uh, that's when I started looking more into George Adamski and... Um, when I had written my first book, George Adamski, a herald for the Space Brothers in 2010, I started, uh, I shall, oh, there's your um, invitation by email. Um, um, I, I started uh, looking into other contactees from the 1950s um, and their stories and their message is basically the same as the message that George Adamski was given in his first contact in the desert in November 1952 um, that he uh, related in, uh, in, his, in a separate part in, in a book called Flying Sources Have Landed. Um, major part of that was published, authored by uh, Desmond Leslie, uh, an Irish-English uh, aristocrat and, and also a student of the wisdom teachings and very much interested in UFOs. Um, and uh, appended to that was George Adamsey's report of his first contact in the desert. Broader message was published in Inside the Spaceships two years later. And then I started looking in, into the other contactees of the 1950s who are generally now ridiculed, you know, dismissed, um, not taken seriously. Where are your photographs? Where is your proof? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and I have something to say about why they were dismissed and ridiculed. Well, do you want to, do you want to explain on that right now as to why that, that didn't come about? Yeah. Um, see, the, the, uh, the contactees, George Adamski, Truman Bathroom, Daniel Fry, uh, Angelo, uh, Orfeo Angelucci, um, and those are just uh, a few of the American ones, and there are many in, in other countries, there was Wilbert Smith in Canada. There was uh, Pierre Monet in France. There was uh, Dino Craspedon in in um, in Brazil. Um, people all over the world. Elizabeth Clara in in South Africa. They were all given the same message that um, you know international cooperation. This was in the 1950s. International cooperation is the only way to solve humanity's problems especially in the face of the nuclear threat. You know, with all those countries having nuclear bombs in the 50s, it weren't, wasn't that many yet. Maybe France and, and the UK and Russia, the Soviet Union and the, and the US. But now there are 24 nations with nuclear capability. Um, and, but, but even then, you know, it was enough to, to blow up the world several times over. Uh, so a very, very dangerous situation. Uh, and the major powers were involved in a war of ideologies, the Cold War, for you know the freedom. America stood for freedom, 
the Soviet Union stood for justice, social justice, and um, they couldn't afford to lose the public support for their for their expenditures on 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 uh, the weapons arsenals, especially the nuclear arsenal, which costs you know, gazillions of of public money. Um, so when the message of the contactees was gaining traction and g- getting a lot of uh, attention from the public, you know, a lot of public uh, interest, um, the authorities started to get worried and and began to look for ways to confuse and scare the public about the the uh, um, the extraterrestrial presence. It was so clear that extraterrestrials were landing they were contacting humans um, you know the, there are stories about uh, them contacting uh, people in, in at government level and suggesting uh, alternative uh, means of pa- generating power and and this disbanding abandoning the uh, the nuclear option altogether these stories are known from the US they probably also happened in the UK and in Russia the Soviet Union, um, and they were they were declined. Uh, they were denied um, uh, because you know these uh, people in power don't like to give up their power. And so uh, what happened was that see um, uh, one of the reasons why uh, one of the reasons why people dismiss the uh, the original contactees is that they only talk about the the good uh, the good um, you know uh, nordic blonde aliens um yeah, but yeah. those were the initial contacts this the the first story of an abduction um appeared in 1961 contact stories have been you know reported since 1950 and later on, they were they were reported from even earlier than that. But and and George Adamski was the first one to to come out publicly with his story. Why weren't there any stories of abductions before 1961 when there were reports of uh, benevolent extraterrestrials um, trying, attempting to help humanity with, uh, with uh, you know, solutions to our problems. Why didn't that happen at the same time? If, if there are indeed, I'm not saying, you know, all, all the planets that are inhabited have, have uh, you know, beings that are more evolved than us, because we're talking about evolution, we're talking about the evolution of consciousness. So there must be planets that are not as far evolved as we are. Just as there are planets that are far more advanced and evolved than we are, um, but so you know, do you see the point? If if stories of benevolent uh, contact happened in the 1950s um, and were reported in the 1950s, why didn't anyone report being abducted in the 1950s? It didn't happen, and that doesn't make right. sense unless the stories of abductions were only inserted in people's memories and in the general narrative about uh, extraterrestrials um, by, you know, secretive agencies who had, um, uh, you know, who were protecting the, the government's interest in their in their massive um, weapons arsenals and the public support to 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 fund them. 
um, you know, and and Hollywood was enlisted, of course. There's an interesting book, um, uh, apparently, um, but but Hollywood was enlisted in in the sense that so many um, features about alien invasions to create fear and confusion. Um, you know, so and and uh, we we have uh, uh, there's now documentation, especially by Dr. Stephen Greer, of black budgets. Um, you know, my labs, military abductions, special access programs, etc. Those black budgets they will have been used for something, and if if the um, um, the scary stories about aliens um, had to be supported. You know, it's no, it's it's not a leap of the imagination to imagine that, um, and uh, to suggest that stories of abductions have been inserted in people's memories through hypnosis, through perhaps drugs, stage experiences, experiences, etc. Um, there was money aplenty to to set up those things. Um, so that's my contention. That, and I'm not saying that we have never been visited by extraterrestrials with a selfish agenda. Um, but um, there are three independent sources, people who say that I don't know since when exactly, but our planet, because we are in such a delicate position in our evolution as a planet, which is much much more um, expansive than most people will know uh, and, and and certainly most uh, you know most people will know from media but if you read the and study the uh, the wisdom tradition um, you know we're on a on a on a massive plan of evolution on this planet as part of the solar system and because we are halfway, our planetary evolution and human evolution on this planet, uh, we're in a very delicate position where we can choose to go the wrong way forward through competition and conflict and chaos, or finally uh, accept the fact that we are one human species and therefore one human family and have to solve our problems together. And because of that delicate position, uh, the, the, uh, the people from other planets who are more advanced than us and who are here to help us um, have put a ring of light, uh, uh, a barrier around our planet, which keeps the negative influences away. This was, this was contended first by Wilbert Smith, the Canadian contactee. It was um, also repeated by Benjamin Krem, um, who was one of the latest exponents in the whole Ages Wisdom teaching, in the release of the Ages Wisdom teaching. And it was also uh, confirmed by Michael Wolf, the, uh, uh, the scientist, American scientist who worked with uh, extraterrestrial scientists in, uh, in uh, labs in, in America was interviewed by Paula Harris. Um, so you know that's that's the story. That's that's why the 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 contactees from the 1950s have been ridiculed and dismissed and and see the result. You know we're exactly where the authorities, where where the, where the people in power wanted the public to be, scared and confused about uh, extraterrestrials. And to dismiss it altogether, I've you know. Not everybody on my friends list or my personal life 
agrees with what I'm saying, uh, but they also dismiss it altogether. It's like, you know, as you're talking about, they try to glaze it over because if they start thinking about it, then it gets scary. But the thing is, if it, there's going to be something that's going to happen, it's going to be scary then probably even more so because you didn't want to address it before. Right. Uh, and, and you did bring up a good point where, um, you know, if it's hard for us now to gain evidence, you know, you think about fighter pilots that are capturing this stuff on the radar and they have a hard time capturing these things. How much more difficult was it in the 1950s to come up with proof of what was happening? Of course. Of course. Right? Yeah. yeah, there was no cell phones. You no. had nothing. No. And then the, you had George Adamski, who was given the privilege of making the the clearest, most detailed photographs of flying saucers who were flying over his premises on Palomar Mountain in, in California for that purpose of detailed photographs being taken. And, you know, um, from very early on, there was um, envy uh, in, in, in the community, which was, you know, growing rapidly. And, um, uh, you know, he was, uh, people um wanted others to think that they were fakes and and right. research uh, and and it's available on the internet um rene eric olsen um uh, i believe a danish uh, um a danish photographer he has uh, uh, he has enlarged and 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 uh, researched the analyzed adamski's photographs from the originals um, from the Adamski Foundation, and you know it's amazing um, to to see how how well they stand up actually to scrutiny, to the closest digital right. scrutiny that we have now. And uh, I mean, I've, I set up a whole website um, two years ago, um, um, just just showing all the reasons why, you know, why uh, uh, criticisms of, of Adamski and, and claims of fraud and fakery are completely bogus. And, um, you know, you have to take in, into account the context. And, and, and then, you know, the, the, here comes, the, here comes the, the, the clinger. There's, in, in 2018, I discovered, I uncovered, Adamski's real first booklet, which was called The Invisible Ocean, before Wisdom of the Masters of the Far East. In The Invisible Ocean, he describes life and the cosmos as a sea of consciousness at different strata of, of, you know, of understanding, so to speak. And this is exactly, it's, he almost uses literally the same terms as quantum research and system science are using now to describe reality uh, at you know to the best of their knowledge this was george the same george adamski who uh, was the first to to come out publicly with his report of uh, uh, meeting a man who stepped down from a flying saucer 1932 1932 uh, so yeah <laughs> that's you know is it that we got to break a certain barrier and then once we break that barrier, we'll be more aware of maybe like a galactic consciousness. Because, you know, I was even uh, debating, well, not debating, I was talking with my wife about this, but I said, you know, what if we, right now we understand there's four nuclear powers, right? Weak and strong nuclear forces, gravity, and uh, not in that order, of course, and electromagnetism. 
But what if there's a fifth and a fifth is consciousness? Like if I'm conscious, you're conscious right now, we're communicating with each other across an ocean, but we're both aware of each other in a conversation. So what if that grows? We come to understand that, you know, the universe created consciousness. We're part of that universal consciousness. And maybe that's the thing that we are not understanding right now. Maybe we're still trying to get out of that primitive mode. And maybe once we break out of that bubble, it'll become a lot more apparent. Uh, One thing you were talking about, the nuclear uh, facilities attracting these um, entities. One thing that uh, or a new article came out recently is saying that how they're trying to bait the UFOs into coming out. So they would have fake nuclear, well, they would have actual nuclear stuff on ships, but they would just send them across the ocean. And for sure, these things would pop up every single time. And they baited these things and anything nuclear, these guys will show up. So you're right. I think, you know, nuclear power is way bigger than we as a species should be playing with. We know that. Yeah. Way more dangerous. Yes. Yeah. And I think we discovered it probably thousands of years before we should have because of our war nature and the necessity for technology in war. But unfortunately, I think that's when they stepped in. And you mentioned before about how, like, in the 1950s, you start hearing about these abductions. That was 1961, the abduction, 1961. Yes. Mind you. And in the 1950s to the 60s, the amount of nuclear bombs that we were detonating globally Mm -hmm. would affect maybe us on a molecular level. And then that's when you start hearing about these abductions. Uh, so I kind of think, oh, that's, it's, it's, it might be correlated. I don't know. But yeah, you 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 sort of added something there to that uh, whole backstory. And I think, you know, even like the little bits that you're finding um, through your work, it adds to what's already been established, um, you know, in the UFO sort of lore that's been there. Because we know we've, you know, people have been researching this for years, have, have been telling everybody Roswell happened. Mm. They do have crash materials. Bob Lazar came out in 89 and said, dude, they have nine of these things. One of them was an archaeological dig. Okay, so that means it's been here for a very long time. And if that's old technology that we can't even produce now, how much more advanced are they from us? Of course, right? of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you brought up several points. Um, see, first of all, you mentioned uh, the universe created consciousness. Um, according to the Ages Wisdom teaching, it's actually the other way around. Consciousness created the universe. Oh, okay. There's a an original source. Some call it the absolute. Some call it God. But people also refer, you know, use the word God for, say, the planetary consciousness uh, who they pray to Yahweh or, or Jehovah uh, but uh, so the the absolute the infinite the, the infinite um, uh, what are, what other terms do you have you know um, the, the the great spirit in the sky uh, what have you right um, the, the the absolute the original source for some reason in some way, Ex, ex manifested his her its consciousness um, and from there started the process of creation of the universe but but consciousness and that is that's so what's so fascinating um, according to system science 
in, in quantum research, consciousness is part and parcel of everything that we can that we can detect. You know, consciousness is even behind. They say consciousness is behind the, the tiniest building block of the universe. So it's not that consciousness has evolved out of the matter, but matter is a manifestation of consciousness at some level or other. So what when when we have a planet, for instance, consciousness is is uh, the originating cause of of the planet, or rather a solar system, um, and the planet is one center in 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 the solar system, and the planetary life manifests. Um, at one point, you know, after ages and ages of, of, of cluttering together uh, the mat- and the matter aspect, um, the mineral kingdom evolves. Scientists know that there's a consciousness part in minerals. From the mineral kingdom, the vegetable kingdom has evolved with a slightly greater uh, um, uh, amount of consciousness. From the vegetable kingdom, the animal kingdom has evolved. So, and and from the animal kingdom, the human kingdom. And as you as you go through the natu- the kingdoms in nature, you see that these these uh, these consciousnesses they they achieve more and more um, independence and ability to move. Yeah, some plants can move. Minerals can't move, from what we can see. Some plants can move. Animals can move at will. Humans can move even where they can't, like through the sky or across the sea. Um, and so we see what we see, according to the wisdom teachings, is uh, life manifesting as the evolution of consciousness to the point in the human kingdom where it becomes self-aware. And when it becomes self-aware, the trick is, or the the whole point of life is, that we um, uh, attune our consciousness, try to attune to the greater consciousness for the greater good, for the community, etc. And rather than blowing each other up or trying to uh, colonize other planets. You know, um, if if we try to solve the arrogance yeah, of our species, yeah. Right? If we if we try to colonize another planet rather than than solve the problems that we have here and created here, and uh, you know, we want to colonize other planets by just dis- continuing to destroy our own planet. Um, right. Yeah, let's let's you know take a minute and and think about this before we. <laughs> so it's at the expense of yes. we want to colonize yeah. other planet, but at the expense of the one that we right. I've always known, uh, and we can't even terraform other planets. So literally going there, we need the resources from our planet still for a long time to come. Yes. I, I kind of joked around uh, the other time about space force. And I'm like, well, how are they like, how are they establishing this? Do they come out with the cadets first and then they build the ships or are the ships already built? And then they have to fill them in with the cadets. Like, I, I would like to know how this operation has taken place. And I mean, we're still using fuel to launch rockets, you know, off our planet. So if they're going to have a space force, are they planning on having that much fuel and sending everybody out to space? Or do they have a technology already that they don't need to worry Mm -hmm. about that, right? Uh, The thing that I want to talk about uh, as well, when it comes down to the consciousness, and uh, just people are saying that they're able to contact 
you know, or, or manifest stuff in the sky. Do you think that holds any validity? Well, I, I don't know if, um, if, if, if my opinion on that is, uh, is at all um, useful or, or, or valuable to anyone, but I, I do think that it's, uh, um, that it's possible. And um, I think you're talking about the uh, um, contact of the fifth kind, the CE5 contact right. um, uh, that uh, Stephen Greer um, um, has, uh, has developed. And I, th- I do think that's uh, that's possible, and I'm, I am uh, I I know of several people who have even outside the CE5 uh, program, um, who have because of their interest in in the extraterrestrial, you know, the people from other planets visiting us, um, when they saw uh, something that they couldn't explain in the sky, mentally they would ask them. Can you give a flash of light or make a movement or something? And they would get a response. Um, so, you know, it's uh, uh, the, the people in, in the spaceships, their consciousness is, and their technology, because technology, again, is a manifestation of, of consciousness, and their consciousness is far advanced compared to ours. So their technology is equally far more advanced. They can pick up our thoughts and our emotions um, whenever they want to, and and they do so continually, continuously. Um, they they don't they don't try to contact people when they can sense when their um, machinery, their their um, apparatuses um, pick up uh, signals of signs of fear. You know, when they know people are close-minded, then they 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 don't try to force themselves on people. Um, sometimes uh, they may be perhaps caught in the act, and people get a, a, a massive scare because they see something that is so beyond their their you know their worldview, their paradigm. Um, right. But in general, they they really don't uh, force themselves on us. They, they've been taking great care, especially, you know, again, since the 1950s when the government said, no, we, uh, we don't want your help or not on your terms. Um, they have continued uh, to make themselves known, their presence known, but only on an individual scale, you know, contacting individuals yeah. when they were ready or open to it. Um, you know, because we've been hearing about the government having some sort of, you know, treaty or organization. I think that's all bullocks. I don't think any of that's true. Yeah. I don't think an advanced species would treat us as equals in any sense. Yeah. But but one thing that I am worried about is if, uh, you know, we are shooting these things down. And by the sounds of it from some of the people that were in the military, we are. We shoot them down and they don't seem to be hostile or they don't seem to retaliate. Our nature doing that, even with the whole Space Force, that's my concern because these entities are not dealing with the military. They're dealing with regular individuals globally, but the military has its own agenda. The military, whatever they know, that's their agenda is to acquire that technology. Even if these things are benign or they don't mean us any harm, the military wants Mm -hmm. it for human purposes again, which is always about... How many people can I kill with this? Very, very true. Right? Very true. Yeah. Um, and and I, I share your concern. Um, it's just that, you know, in order to 
really use the technology that they have on board. First of all, of course, it needs to be back-engineered, and there are plenty of claims that uh, they have succeeded to some extent to do that. Um, but then it comes to operating these things and operating uh, the equipment on board or the or the the, the discs, the, the the spaceships themselves um, requires a level of mental control um, right. that. Um, hardly any of us are capable of on earth and besides they are so advanced that they can uh, you know they have the equipment on board their their ships there are thousands of ships around the planet uh, every day uh, you know all year long um yeah. we have no idea how many Circle. It's like a beehive, right? Well, yeah. I don't know if it's a beehive. Uh, for some people, that have has negative connotations, but th there's a network of of uh, spaceships uh, circling around the planet. There's a network of underground bases, uh, extraterrestrial bases around the planet, where experiments and research is going on, um, and you know they are capable of downing. Anyone with advanced technology that uh, you know that would exceed our our uh, say our grade, so to speak, the grade that we've made so far. If 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 the military has succeeded in in uh, in re-engineering or rebuilding or capturing technology that they have no business and and actually don't know what they're dealing with and and what the source is etc um then i have no worries that the uh, the space people will will intervene when it's necessary uh, in 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 uh, chapter four in my new book pioneers of oneness i uh, i show how new technology has been has already uh, is has already been prepared on our planet because uh, you know when we look at the world things are coming to a head you know all the crises are converging there's a, almost a perfect storm where every human being will have to make a choice in their heart you know can we live like this or do we need to come together work together and and share what we have in order to uh, to give everyone the chance of a, of a decent uh, um, humane life on the on this planet and um, when that when humanity is forced to make that choice any day now I, I would I would suspect given you know climate crisis uh, global warming um, pan pandemics etc then uh, the technology, when we abandon war as a means of resolving conflict, you know, probably through um, international uh, organizations like the United Nations, you know, which is like a world parliament, and if it isn't, it should function as a world parliament rather than a one-world government, um, right. and and the Security Council should be disbanded in order for the UN to function as a world parliament because the veto right of course protects the uh, the interests of the of the major economic powers and uh, right. and gives the uh, the poorer nations no chance uh, but so when when humanity makes that choice uh, the new technology is already in place the technology of light and i've documented in in chapter 4 um, how that has been, you know, the 
there are several sources. The Benjamin Cram being the latest exponent in the in the uh, uh, string of uh, uh, people who, um, who have been giving aspects of the Aces Wisdom teaching was the first I thought to um, to speak about the um, the technology of light through um, you know um, inside knowledge from the Master of Wisdom who worked with him. And who worked through him, uh, give, uh, writing articles for Share International magazine, etc. Um, and um, then, when, which is another fascinating thing, when I started reading George Adamski's book *Pioneers of Space*, my book is called *Pioneers of Oneness* because it was inspired by *Pioneers of Space*. When you read gotcha. *Pioneers of Space* closely, again dismissed by all the serious researchers because, you know, it's in his foreword, Adamski says, this is presently in the field of fiction. So everyone said, oh, he means it's science fiction. And then there were, you know, some people who saw, oh, there's some some parts that look very similar um, in inside the spaceship, it looked very similar to what he wrote in Pioneers of Space in 1949. So he all, he made it all up. But if you look closely, he writes about things like the technology of light on, um, you know, which he witnessed on his journeys, out-of-body journeys, so traveling in consciousness to Mars and Venus. Uh, he writes about the, the implementation of the technology, the use of the technology of light on Mars and Venus, you know, which, which I never... New and I'm I'm quite certain I worked with closely with Benjamin Cram for for 40 years, and I'm sure that uh, he never read Pioneers of Space. Um, so it's not that he could have taken it from there. Besides, it came from um, the initial information about the technology of light came from from his master of wisdom, um, and uh, again Adamski turned out to be so much so far ahead of everyone else in the field, you know, uh, and and to people who say that, well, he made it all up, um, system science and consciousness researchers are now very serious about, you know, consciousness existing outside the human body. And right. if you yeah. train yourself, um, there's several very interesting talks on, on YouTube also. Russell Targ is one of them. He worked for over 30 years in, in uh, intelligence programs for the CIA and the U.S. Defense uh, Department, um, training people to to extend their consciousness so that they could spy on, on uh, distant locations to describe installations or whatever. So Adamski who wrote about consciousness in 1932 may well have been able to travel in consciousness out of body um, you know and and uh, and probably i think he in 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 part he fictionalized his his travels because he described it as a physical journey in a rocket ship from earth to the moon from where they were taken by another uh, spaceship to to mars and venus um, but that's because you know it it was beyond people's conception at the time to travel in consciousness and there was no other way for him to tell that story uh, but with everything we know now 
it it's uh, it's clear that uh, there were, he was onto something, and and I think it's pretty much factual. The things that he describes that he saw on those planets is almost uh, a factual account. Huh. you know, you brought up a good point about um, the, the crafts having almost to be flown by consciousness because everybody who's seen them or interacted with them, uh, even um, the Captain Jeremy favor fiver i i'm bad with names but he mentioned that it was almost like it was a consciousness like he was he wasn't flying you know against this this thing was fully conscious like it had the freedom and mobility of a conscious being where he was limited by the craft and a lot of people that have claimed to be abducted a lot of them have claimed that they were made to fly a craft of some sort by using their their minds mm. or something. And I thought, ah, oh, that's, that's interesting. Cause even Bob Lazar said it took him a while uh, at area or uh, section uh, four, wherever it is that he was working for them to get the, um, the crafts to work. Like they were able to move it mm. a little bit. Yeah. It took him a yeah. while um, to, to capture it. And you brought up a good point because consciousness seems to be part of these entities. They seem to be, it's not just you physically, mm. but they're interested in you on a conscious level as well. Well, they know that the, the, I mean, talking about the space people, they know that, you know, whatever material thing, physical thing that we, that we are or see or have are manifestations of a a certain level of consciousness. Our bodies and even our mental and and emotional bodies, uh, but especially our, our physical bodies are, um, a, a, a precipitation of the level of consciousness that we have achieved over the very long period, you know, endless cycles of incarnation and reincarnation, learning our lessons, uh, um, you know, falling and getting up again and, and learning new lessons. Um, so where we are now, what we see in the mirror now is only an, the outer manifestation of the unit of consciousness that has incarnated as Jason or as Gerard. And so, and, and to fly a spaceship, you know, it need, it requires an interface between the consciousness of the pilot or pilots and, uh, and the ship, because the ship is semi-sentient. Well, I don't know if you call it sentient, but, you know, it responds to, commands from from uh, from our minds so if somebody wants to get into this because I, I haven't spoken to people from a religious point of view christian point of view people that have had abductions they're trying to you know bring it into focus saying okay no no it's it's demons and you know you, you got to fight it because they can't mm. put that in the category where it belongs they have to try to make it fit in the box that they have and i thought that was interesting because even people in churches, people that attend church every Sunday, still get taken. It, the, the, the phenomenon doesn't stop for them just because they believe in something. So it, it shows us there's a bit of a validity there that regardless of where you are, there are some infringement on some of these people. And culturally, it's not accepted to talk about it. I talked to a gentleman in South Korea. Supposedly, they don't have any UFO sightings at all in South Korea. And you think it would because you're looking for missiles of the north, but no, they say they have none. That's not entirely true. That's not entirely true. 
Yeah, please um, explain. When I, when I was on uh, on Facebook, I, I left Facebook uh, three years ago when uh, it became clear that they were selling uh, personal data um, and selling selling people's data to companies that were then you know subverting the democratic uh, processes in in various countries. Um, and I thought that was a bit, um, a bit much, you know, the Facebook slogan, it's free and always will be. It's never been free. It just costs you your democracy. Um, so um, that's, that's when I decided to leave Facebook. But uh, when I was still on Facebook, I was in contact with a man in Korea who builds uh, model kits of all kinds of craft and things and and uh, very creative and at one point he uh, built a model kit of the uh, flying saucer that is in george adamski's famous uh, picture the photograph from 1953 very detailed and um, um i sent him a copy of my adamski book at the time and and uh, he sent me uh, a translation of adamski's book in korean not that it was much use to me, but uh, because I can't read Korean, um, but I know there is uh, there is uh, a, a significant subculture in Korea who are interested in, in UFOs. So you can't you can't you can say you know there's no nobody's interested in in there. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, that you know, and don't believe everything people tell you. <laughs> well, you know, it... but can I can I just say w- one more thing about what you said about you know people are being taken, and in this case, you were referring to people from churches, from religious backgrounds. Um, when people say they have been taken, I think they and or people nowadays um, when they say they have been abducted, I think. Uh, one of several things could be the case. Either they have been invited on board and they agreed, they consented because, you know, they are ready for it, they're open to it, and they use the the terminology that is common now in the narrative about uh, extraterrestrials. So they say, I've been abducted rather than I was invited. Right. Um, Travis Walton um, well-known uh, name, um, the Walton experience, sc- uh, fire in the sky. Um, he he uh, initially called his experience an abduction, and much much later, decades later, he said, "Well, it was actually more of an ambulance call because I needed some healing or whatever it was." Um, so either people use the the prevailing na- uh, terminology because that's been so. Uh, injected in 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 the in the general narrative now, um, or you know they um, they were given a memory in you know as part of the program of creating fear and confusion among the general public uh, about the uh, the extraterrestrial visitors. Um, and of course, you wouldn't be able to, as, as a normal layperson, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell if if you've been drugged or hip, put under hypnosis and uh, you taken into this staged uh, uh, environment, and and people dressed up in in um, alien costumes or what what have you, you know, or, or put in a VR environment for all I know. Yeah. Um, and you know, so that could have happened. People could also. You know, have been picking up other people's thoughts or fantasies. You, 
you know, hysteria is not new uh, to the human, uh, you know, yeah. imagination, uh, or, or the, it, it's the human vulnerabilities, and and many people are very um, vulnerable and open to things, mysterious things, and they wish it had happened to them. And, and, and at some point, you know, they have this, this memory, uh, which completely false, but, um, but created so, over time, right? So exactly. for them thinking yeah. about over time, I gotcha. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the, um, when uh, I always take great care not to just follow the, uh, the uh, terminology that people use, because, you know, you can't get around the fact that there were no abductions in the 1950s when there were contacts of a benevolent kind. Um, and, and there were, there was every reason for the military and the people in power to create abductions or, or the memory of abductions and the fear of abductions um, to maintain the public support for for uh, their um, military uh, military budgets endeavors. Yeah, even when uh, President Bush was president, and they had looked into the Pentagon, and there was trillions of dollars just missing. Like, where did they go? And they yeah, like exactly. looked at the contract: fifteen hundred dollars for a hammer. $1,500 for a hammer, right? And it was just ridiculous, but you could tell the money was being leaked somewhere else. It was a cosmic hammer, mind you. Yeah, I think that uh, there's so much money being leaked into these programs now. But like I yeah. said, eventually it's going to go to a point where they can't contain it because they have to start mobilizing it, right? So at some point there's got to be something that's going to pop. But I think we're at the point... Well, I, I- yeah, please go ahead. I, th- I think it's ha- I think it's happening already. You know, when the, with the videos that were first leaked, and then confirmed, and then confirmed that they're actually unidentified uh, by the U.S. Navy. Of course, you have this whole um, Tom DeLong story going on, right? Um, the TTSA, which is, yeah, uh, yeah, the, 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 which is really meant to further reinforce the uh, the fear for for UFOs and and, uh, and an alien invasion. Um, I don't know if you are aware of Grant Cameron's uh, recent book, uh, Managing Magic. Excellent book, very well documented. Uh, but, but yeah, he documented meticulously how this whole Tom DeLong story fits in the government's efforts um, to control the, uh, the narrative about the UFO and the public perception of, of the danger of, of uh, extraterrestrial visitors. Um, so, you know, uh, it's, um, yeah, we have to be really careful in, in the terminology that we use and, and uh, uh, the chronology that we uh, um, uh, that we know exists, but is all too often forgotten. Um, you know, and then we think, yeah, but you know, there have been abductions. No, there haven't been abductions all the time. You know, it's uh, it, it it was uh, it was a later invention, so to speak. Um, according to Benjamin Krem, the crashes that have happened, Roswell and several others, were actually deliberate sacrifices on the part of the visitors to, uh, and this was mind you, this was 1947. Before, before the public uh, you know, needed to uh, to become f- uh, scared and confused, um, the the aim of the extraterrestrials was that uh, our governments would um, see the reality of the flying saucers 
and their occupants. Uh, so there was a craft, at least in Russell, there was a craft and, and four bodies and one half living body, and they were all taken away. Um, and, you know, so the government and the military has the proof. Also, interestingly, Benjamin Graham says the... Uh, the, the the UFOs and 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 the people or not they, they are according to George Adamski and many of the other original contactees according to the ages of wisdom teachings and and therefore also Benjamin Cram they are from they originate from planets in our solar system not from Arcturus the Pleiades or wherever from the planets in our own solar system because you know there are advanced level of consciousness. It's it's a completely it's a completely different state of being. Um, we can't even imagine that. So the the crashes when 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 we see UFOs, what they do is they sort of flick a switch to drop into our range of, of vision. Uh, the 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 life on the other planets in our system clearly we now have uh, uh, one uh, no there are several um, rovers already on Mars on the surface of Mars and there's two more on the way I believe from China and the and the United Arab Emirates um, and they don't find anything um, they hope to find microbes now or or fossilized uh, signs of life. Um, but I don't see any movement or anything, no, no structures on the surface of Mars. Um, according to the teachings, every planet in the solar system is inhabited. How is that possible? Which is really also the question that the Fermi paradox asks. You know, if 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 we agree that in the whole vast universe there must you know, be intelligent life somewhere. So how come we haven't seen any of them? How come we don't see life on the other planets? According to the teachings, above the three uh, planes of matter that we know, dense physical, liquid physical, and gaseous physical, there are four further planes of matter, the etheric planes of matter, subatomic Light, the highest, is really a, a, a kind of light, but it's still a, a, a plane of, of matter, uh, subtle matter. It's called etheric matter in the in the teachings, and life precipitates from consciousness. Well, li no, not life, but the physical form precipitates from consciousness. Right in in the process of creation, and uh, on some planets like Earth, very rare, even in our solar system, uh, precipitates all the way down to the densest physical, like on our planet, uh, which is which makes it rather unique and and uh, really a tourist attraction. If you go by some of the stories of the of the contactees, you know many of the people on the other planets think is fascinating how we live here. They they don't they don't know anything like that. So um, on other planets, life exists just as it exists here, but it hasn't precipitated to this level of density. They have seas, they have forests, they have bodies, they have you know artifacts, daily objects for use. They live in houses, except they're on the etheric planes of matter. 
which are beyond our range of vision. Their, their craft, their spacecraft are in etheric matter. When they come here, when they want to be seen, they sort of flick a switch. They drop the um, the, level, the, the, um, the frequency of the molecules that make up their craft and their bodies um, with their technology so that they become visible, you know, out of nowhere. How often haven't we heard these stories that they appear out of nowhere or they, they disappear into nothingness when they turn back to their original um, um, rate of vibration? So... You know, that is um, why, according to Benjamin Graham, the, the craft that crashed, the, the various craft that crashed, have actually dissolved over time. They've returned to their original state in, in, of etheric matter, and they may have been copied. You know, they may have made casts or they may have reproduced some of it in, in physical form. But according to Benjamin Cram, at least, the, uh, the materials from the crashes are no longer there because they've, you know, gone back to the, their original state of etheric matter. Yeah, even the Navy as of late, I mean, the newest news out of the Navy is that they said that they have acquired materials that could change reality or the or change the perception of reality mm. and i thought woo, okay that you take that with yeah. a cup of coffee because that's uh, <laughs> fabric of reality <laughs> or whiskey exactly. whiskey i mean we know that we don't i'm aware of our species i'm aware of like what our limitations are i think everybody does but there's a lot of arrogance to our species and we are arrogant in even denying something or not wanting to look at something, but as of late, that arrogance has been dissipated. And I find that a lot more people, it's not just the people from the military coming forward, people from the scientific community, people, mm. uh, you know, from your field of work, people that have been doing it like yourself for so many years are now starting to, you know, emerge and people are seeking you guys out because now they're interested and now they're catching up to, what you know has been going on right the phenomenon movie is a phenomenon because my wife liked that movie more than she likes to hear me talk about the subject right right, right. talk about for 15 years didn't do anything we watched the movie and she's asking me a bunch of questions why don't people know this Great. like people do yeah. know this <laughs> just some people aren't paying attention well, some yeah. people yeah. Uh, yeah if um and i i agree with you i don't believe in a threat narrative of the ufos i i think Lou Elizondo has been talking about the threat narrative, but of course he comes from, you know, the line of work that he does. That makes sense. But also yeah. with TTSA, were they trying to push that agenda just for the show? Uh, it, even the second season, you could, I, I could notice that Lou was a little bit uncomfortable with some of the drama and I'm doing air quotes here um, mm -hmm. that they were trying to put him through. And I think that's, that's something that bugged him because he's trying to get, you know, the message out, not trying to entertain people. And I think he did the right thing by stepping down if that's what they're going to do. You know, it's, the point is not contact. The point is taking the lesson on board. These people come here to show us that there's a different way of life um, and that there's more to life than our science and our governments and our military have let, let us believe. Uh, um, Life is one, really. 
you know, and, and that's a big step to make from, you know, going about uh, getting your kids to school and, and uh, going to work, going to the office every day. I, I understand that. Um, but if you think about it, uh, you know, in, a, in your family, you don't leave two thirds of your kids without food or, or, or clothes or shelter or education or health care. But that's exactly what we're doing as a human family. And that's not a big step. We need to realize that, you know, why are people trying to to uh, emigrate to the wealthy nations? The the migration, the immigration, the refugee, economic refugees um, issue um, exists because we allow the 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 economic system to exist that that squeezes two-thirds of the planet uh, for its own comfort and its own profit. And, and we usurp and, and we waste the resources, even the human resources. We let people die on, on, you know, trying to cross the sea to get a better future for themselves and their children. It is just, it's appalling. And, and, and that's not very difficult to understand. If we see ourselves as one family, and this is exactly the, the message that you get in the, yeah. in the books from the original contactees and also many later contactees, um, you know, see yourselves as one human family. And, you know, the, the steps yeah. that we can take when we do that, it, it's amazing. There is a future waiting for us that we can't even begin to imagine when we, when we take that step, when we decide to look after each other as a human family and, you know, the, all the talent that will become available to solve the problems that we have now. Just imagine you know, th th there is no, there's, n there will be nothing that can stop us to join our brothers and sisters in the solar system, and and explore the stars. You know, but in a, in a benevolent way, in a, in a way for the betterment of all. And and so the first step in expanding our consciousness is understanding that we are one human family, that we need to share the resources, the food, and and the know-how, etc., for the betterment of all. Um, and uh, and it doesn't mean that we have to agree with everyone. It doesn't mean that we have to be friends with everyone. Uh, it doesn't mean that we have to think alike because people think that unity. Because when you when you uh, see humanity as one, we're talking about giving expression to the oneness of life. But unity is not the same as uniformity. Unity means nothing if we cannot contributes all of us our own individual talents and 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 approaches and backgrounds etc so we need the diversity uh, but we need the common goal and, and purpose of working for the betterment of all uh where where can people find your books mr arts and where where can uh, the readers get your collection of work my my books are available on amazon barnes and noble um, go to Amazon and, and type in my name, spell it correctly. But uh, yeah, uh, I have a website. I have a website which also gives links to my books on, on Amazon and also to different language editions. If uh, like you're in Canada, some people may, may prefer French editions. Um, and there have been uh, uh, four of my books have been translated into four, five my books have been translated into French. Um, so, yeah, uh, they're all on Amazon. My uh, my website is www.bgabravogamma.com. Um, 
um, alpha. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I've never been in the military. Uh, BDAPublications.nl. Um, and whenever there's a new book, I'll I'll put it up there. Or when there's a, an interview coming up, I'll uh, I'll uh, put up there the link for for uh, people who uh, try to keep up with my work.